Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Bill Allenbaugh, 41 years of volunteer and career experience, a retired captain slash acting battalion chief with Baltimore County Fire Department out of the Pikesville Station, currently unretired and is now an engineer with Lexington County Fire Services out of the Round Hill Station. Bill has a wealth of knowledge and understands that times are different with today's fire service, but also just because things were done a certain way back in the day doesn't mean it's acceptable for today's standards and has a big passion towards the mental health side of the job. With that, I present Mr. Bill Allenbaugh. Bill Allenbaugh uh, got in the fire service back in 1983. Um, I always wanted to be a fireman. I remember riding on the uh, nylon ladder trucks down the alleyway, waving to my mother when I was about five. Um, I joined the Hereford Volunteer Fire Department in northern Baltimore County, Maryland, uh, back in, like I said, right. Uh, ironically, I was voted in the day before my birthday, my 17th birthday. Uh, volunteered there for four years, got hired by Baltimore County in 1987. Served there 31 years. I was a fireman, EMT a driver, a fire specialist, a fire lieutenant, and a captain uh, promoted and then acted as a chief, uh, served multiple stations, multiple divisions. I was in our fire marshal's office. I was in our uh, administrative duty office at our dispatch center. Uh, we have firefighters there to help with uh, communications, uh, transfers, uh, off-the-cuff questions that 911 operators get. Uh, multiple, like I said, multiple locations around the county where I retired out of the uh, Engine 2 Pikesville uh, Station. I uh, did 20 years on our Honor Guard. I did 10 years uh, on our peer support team. So uh, in 2018, after 31 years, I left. And um, I followed my son to South Carolina. He got hired down there. Uh, he tried up north, but wasn't having any success, which we find a lot back then. And uh, so he applied down here in South Carolina and, figure why not so we uprooted after i retired and uh, came down to south carolina and um, all the two daughters came with us and basically the whole family moved south so and that's where we're at i'm currently an engineer uh, with the lexington county fire service and i've been with them just under well a little long story which we'll get in later about mental health but um a little bit about five years now okay all right uh so what what was it like in Baltimore County? For those that don't know, can you tell us like the amount of stations, personnel, things like that? <laughs> uh, Baltimore County was probably when I was down there about or up there, I should say, a little over between a thousand and eleven hundred people that were career. Uh, it is a mixed department of volunteer and career where um, you'll have a lot of guys who, when they're off duty, will volunteer as well in their communities, and that's one thing I did. I mean, I was not living in Baltimore County, but. I tell people I did 60 years because when I was not working, I was volunteering in my county that I lived. And then if I wasn't volunteering, I was working at part-time in another volunteer firehouse for 24, seven, 365, which was way too much. But, uh, Baltimore County is a large metropolitan area. It's about, uh, I think 650,000 or 650 square miles. Um, population is just under a million um very diverse they got waterfront with the chesapeake bay they got rural areas which is uh, the northern part of the county and the western parts of the county they have industrial um high rises so um they're pretty busy um i know the engine company that i retired from um broke three thousand for the first time in 2018 that was the second engine engine three had started doing it like two years prior and i think i looked at the stats this year and i think there was like five or six engines over 300 3000 and one engine over 4000 so the amount of calls has exponentially risen um the volunteer system uh, does supplement but right now as any volunteer system in the county or in the country um they're struggling mm -hmm. so uh and right now there's a a lot, a lot of stuff going on with staffing. They are short. Um, 
they're closing engine companies now. Um, and it's a big, uh, it's a big union battle right now up there, but overall it was a very great department when I was there. Um, I know our one chief really decimated the department cause he was a numbers guy and he, he just really eviscerated a lot of the department with, um, staffing and, um, closing down FID, um, and it's going to be years before they recover if they do, but, uh, it's a great job. Um. I mean, a lot of great people up there and a lot of great people still working that I, I stay in touch with. So, Okay. All right. Um, how have you seen the fire service change from when you started to where you currently at right now? <laughs> First of all, I don't have to wear God awful heavy steel bottles <laughs> or cylinders as they call them. Down. We can't call them bottles down the South because the babies. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird thing, but yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of things have changed. Uh, technology, for one. I mean, when I first started, uh, turnout Nomex or yeah, Nomex, not Nomex. Uh, yeah, Nomex Cotton Duck uh, was just starting, and Nomex was just starting. Um, Nomex hoods had just come out in the in the mid eighties. Uh, you know, the equipment that we use. I mean, instead of using hydraulics, now we're using hydraulics. Our radios are so much better. Um, our SCBAs are so much better. Um, I, t <laughs> I tell the story when I was in recruit school, I got my ass chewed because, um, I come out of a building and, uh, there was an alarm going off and the, and the, and the instructor jumped my shit. And he says, well, where are you going? There's somebody in there. So what do you mean there's somebody in there? So it sounds like a damn smoke detector going off this. Cause that's what they sounded like when they first were invented. Mm -hmm. Of course, now they're totally different, but you know, just the amount of uh, technology that has helped us do our job better and safer uh, on one hand has also made us unsafe because it has protected us so bad or so much um, that we get too deep sometimes. But, um, you know, I, I, I grew up with using paper map books to get around. Now they got MDTs and computers, you know, um, of course the gears later, um, I guess the uh, atmosphere in a fire service changed too. It's a, um, I know a lot of the old school ways of toughing it up is, is now starting to change so that, you know, uh, for like mental health and stuff like that. But um, a lot of positives, I mean, tremendous amount of positives. And I would just say that the, the and, you know, people bitch about the, um, the brotherhood and stuff like that. And, and sometimes you got to look at it. And I, I look at it like this, the, uh, the, the people that I work with were on a, a different mentality than what the, the guys on the job are now. I mean, it's just generational. I mean, I'm almost two generations above, you know, some of the guys coming on. So when I, when people complain about that, I, I don't think that the brotherhood is changing or sisterhood is, is dying. I just think it's revamping itself for the, the generation. It's, working now and they'll be working in the future okay i like the answer i definitely like the answer um so you rose through the ranks through baltimore county and mm -hmm. uh achieved a role as captain and acting battalion chief um my question to you on that is at what point in your career did a company officer come to mind like hey i mean i, I know you went through each each rank but what, right. what has been your favorite rank that, that you held and why? <laughs> uh, that's really two of them. Being the tillerman, probably the best damn job in the world. You get the great views of driving down the road. You look cool when you're hanging out the tiller cab. And if you get in a wreck, you're not responsible because it's got front with the brake and the turn signals and the fuel. <laughs> <laughs> um. The job that I really loved as well was being a captain. Um, I had a good shift, a really good shift, great people to work with. Um, but being in charge, definitely, if you do it right and you treat people right, it's it's you can make a difference. And I struggled when I first made captain. I went through, I could tell you, the first three weeks, the first three weeks of my being a, an actually promoted captain was almost broke me. Uh, I mean, the, the I had been in the department 23 years. I never had a piece of paperwork, which I 
was proud of until I became a captain and I had to deal with an individual. And when I sent the paperwork up, I kind of sent it up. Well, I thought was right through the SOPs, but uh, so I, I had written up an individual one day. I got written up the next day. I had another guy do something stupid. I was going to write him up because it was serious enough. And then before I could do that, one of my uh, personnel came in, had a problem with alcohol and he came in um, intoxicated. And so he wound up being terminated because it was a second offense. And um, so that that was, you know, for the, my first three weeks, I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? And I, I even talked to my chief. I said, how do you how do you lead people when you're when you're in the office all the time? Document, because at that time I was a we had an engine and truck at that station. So we had like 13 people that I was in charge of. So I had two lieutenants. One was, you know, one was transitional, two, a young one. And another one's a, who's now our union president. It was a, a great help when I, I got there. But the single engine company, I mean. As an officer, sometimes you got to be a parent, if that makes sense. Um, you know, you got to react differently. Um, you know, you can't just start screaming at people like they used to in the old days, you know, um, and, and yelling at people. Um, I had an incident where one of my personnel did something that was disrespectful to me in front of other individuals. And uh, because of... Uh, a misunderstanding earlier in the shift. And uh, when he did that, everybody looked at me like, waiting for me to blow up. And I'm like, mm -mm, I just let him go. And then, uh, you know, we started coming in the next shift. And, um, you know, that individual apologized multiple times to me, you know. But, you know, just because I got treated with disrespect right there and it wasn't a life or death scenario, it was just an administration, you know, I was able to, and I knew the individual was going through some issues. So that was kind of like the catalyst to help me move forward to get him some help. So, um, but when you treat people with respect, and even if you have a rocky start with people in your career and with them coming in your career, which I had as well, that one individual I wrote up um, when I retired, sent me a probably whole page letter or text message saying you know you know i appreciate what you did i didn't get this i didn't see it at that time but i see it now what you were trying to do for me and help me grow and that's the stuff that when you sit back and look at your career when you've made um people ex excel you know um that's what makes it a, the the trouble times well well worth it okay okay totally understand I agree. Um, it took you 20, well, not it took you, but you waited 23 years to, to promote? No, no. I was, uh, I was a lieutenant at, let's see, 96, uh, eight years on a job. So okay. I was a lieutenant 13 years and then a cat. I was an officer for most of my career. Okay. But the lieutenant's position, especially when I got hired or got promoted, um, Sometimes it was just a smoke and mirrors position, I guess, uh, because the captain had all the say, depending on which captain you work with. Now that's that's the that was another issue. Some of the old school captains were I'm the captain. You know, I mean, I made a decision one time with my one captain and it was great. The next day I made the same decision. I got my ass chewed. It's like, well, dude, what the hell? You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, but. As a, as a, when I became captain, my job was to make my lieutenants get ready for my position. So, right. um, so yeah, so, um, but as far as discipline and stuff, I, I didn't do much of that as a Lieutenant, but as a captain or, and I don't want to stress discipline, but, um, but training and the, the, uh, the ability to mentor people, I had much better, um, results as a captain. Um, because not only did I, I do it, but I allowed my officers, to do, my younger officers to do mentors too to get them ready for the next position. Okay. All right. So we'll fast forward a little bit. You, you go through the ranks, retire out, move to mm -hmm. South Carolina. Why not just enjoy retirement? Why'd you jump right back in into the fire service? Well, when my kids were growing up, all three of my kids volunteered. Uh, I've driven all my kids to fires. I've been in fires with all my kids. Um, and then when, you know, I, my daughter, uh, she wound up 
uh, trying for our department and would have and had some issues with the physical agility test, which I was kind of neither here nor there at this point, but it actually to me worked out all those God's way of saying, all right, you're not going for the fire service. Cause it was like six months later, she moved to Florida with her boyfriend at the time, now her husband um, while he was in military school. So she wound up becoming a nurse, but uh, she's still certified fire too. And my youngest daughter, she was still certified fire too. And then, you know, of course it's a father son thing, you know, yeah, I'm a hunting buddy, I'm a fishing buddy, you know, we rode together. I mean, you know, fought fire together. So just wanted to work with him a couple, you know, a couple of years. So, I mean, still, I was still young. I mean, I was only 52 and I retired. So, um, you know, I still, I, I tell people if I was still up North, I'd be volunteering. I mean, it's, and doing it for free. Not that it's, that, not that it makes a difference, but I would still be in a fire service. Mm-hmm. So down here, um, moved down here with my son and, uh, like I said, my, both my daughters, one still live with us, and my other one brought the grandsons because her husband at the time was deployed, so she needed support. And um, but yeah, it's just I needed a I needed scheduling. Um, so and also coming down here, um, at the time with the property values the way they were, I was able to uh, fulfill one of my dreams of um, getting a, a nice piece of property that I could hunt and do and maintain what, how I wanted it. So, uh, so I've gotten that. So, um, so all in all, it's been a good, good, good ride. And, and I got a couple more years left. I've always said when I turned 60, even if it was up North volunteering, I was, I was done, done. And, uh, it's funny. I was on social media with a buddy of mine. He's discussing the same things. Uh, we've known each other for 40 years now and, uh, it's just time to, uh, sorry about that. Hopefully that didn't record. You're fine. <laughs> uh, um, you know, when is enough enough? And I've already set that goal and I'm close to it. <laughs> okay. All right. So you come down here and um, did you have to go through a, like a whole uh, recruit uh, process and all that or? No, they, uh, they instituted a, um, oh my gosh, drawing a blank here. Indoc program. Okay. So it was a four week indoc program. And, um, I got hired in 2018 and um, it was a four week program um, and it was in September and I lasted two weeks because um, the. Um, During our conversation, we had a technical glitch in communication technology, right? You there? Yep. I'm here. I'm, I got a it's, phone call. I thought I'm, I'm anyway. So where good. were we? Uh, oh, oh, recruit school. Yes. Um, so it did a four weekend doc, um, and it was new to the county down here. Um, and um, yeah, it's uh, it was rough. It was we were in gear all day for the first two weeks. It was ninety five degrees plus, uh, and my body just could not take it. Just could not take it. So um, so yeah, it's uh, hang on, there we go. Start the video. Uh, it was crazy. So uh, I resigned. I was I should have been in the hospital. So dehydrated, uh, everything that you were not supposed to have in your blood, I had in my blood. So, so I was afraid I was going to stroke out. And um, having had one of my guys up north uh, line of duty during a physical, uh, it kind of scared me. So I resigned. And um, then that was a decline that we can talk about later about mental health. But um, but then when. Chief Davis, who's our new fire chief, um, mm-hmm. got hired, and um, Billy got promoted to engineer. My son, and uh, they were just, he was just getting to know his guys, and uh, offered me a job again. So I, I came back the next year in August. <laughs> I was thinking, what the hell am I doing? Another four <laughs> weeks in August now, not September, and it was god awful hot in September, but it was actually cooler the following August. And they and they treated us differently. I mean. The instructors we had the first time, they, they didn't like the program. They were awesome instructors, but it, it was not – again, they were old school. Nothing against them. I love them. I got nothing but respect for both of them, but they did not want this NDOC program. I unfortunately see the NDOC program as a wave of the future for some departments, even, even some of the larger departments, because you got guys – that was the whole purpose of the pro boards back then, a national standard, so you can go anywhere in the camp country 
and work. Some states, like I think Florida, I think even New York, are a little funky about that. They don't accept some of the, the, the pro board stuff. Mm -hmm. But that was the whole purpose. So when you got people coming who are retired or did 20 years somewhere else, and they went, why are we? Why are you spending the money for six months to retrain them? Fire one, fire two, and all the bullshit basics with that they're already certified in. When manpower is so short, you can bring in people who've got experience from other departments, give them a couple weeks acclimation, and boom, back on the, they're on the floor serving. Um, we do one every every year. Well, actually, right now it's to the point now that if we got somebody who wants to to work with us, and they'll do indocs throughout the. It's changed totally with the with the certs. You do about two weeks at, at headquarters and do some ride longs, and you're kicked to the floor. So okay. So, but I see that as a wave because I mean, you look around the country, and you probably see it in your own department. Can't get people to work. Can't people don't want to work. I mean, when I took the job test back in the um, uh, eighty-seven, I was I was competing with four thousand people for thirty spots. Now they're right. lucky if they get uh, now they're lucky if they get uh, eight hundred to a thousand apply. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's stupid it just it is and i mean but that's society in general and it's you know you, you can get down a rabbit hole of retention it's like how do you keep people and it's like it's hard to do but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no definitely is definitely is um do you see yourself retiring as captain or staying at, at your current rank uh i'm just gonna say since it's a podcast and i want anybody else to hear it um i'm just gonna stay where i'm at i tried to uh, we got a rule down here, or not a rule, but it, part of their system uh, is you got to do three years as an engineer. Uh, I'll have three years technically as an engineer in um, 2026 in May, and in 2026 of December, I'm gone. So um, gotcha. I, I, I looked into that as a, to do a ride-up captain spot, um, but I was not given the permission to promote <clears throat> you know, using years of uh, experience and education, um, you know, and I understand why they have that rule um, and, and most departments do. I mean, my department, you had to be I think, four years, be a, a driver and then two years before or five years before you became an officer. Uh, I get that for the new people. But when you got people with experience coming from other departments, even it's five, 10 years already, um, you should be able to at least shave some time off Um for their experience, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just, uh, <clears throat> but you're not grooming a young person uh, to be um, a fireman. You're, you got an experienced person coming down, you know, whoever it is, not, you know, not just, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's a, it's something they got to look into. I mean, all right. departments, I think. So, okay. but I'll just drive. It's all right. I love driving. <laughs> No, no, I mean, I don't, I don't blame you because, you know, the, the time frame between when you're eligible and when you're going to retire, I mean, it's, you might as well just finish it out behind the wheel. Yeah. And then the more I look at some of the stuff that, I, I mean, I giggle. I mean, I got good, I got, there's a lot of good guys down here, captains. And when I work with them every now and then, and they, they start, you know, venting with me, I kind of like giggle at them. I was like, listen, I got the t shirt, I got the PTSD, I got the depression, I got the drinking problems from that position. So maybe it's God's way of saying, you know, you've already been there. Just, just drive, just, just drive. Just be a driver. That's it. So, okay. All right. All right. There's no, no issues there. Um, now, uh, and the, this question, the, this next question I have, it's, it's not, it's not a shot at your age, but um, with, with, with how old you are now and the, the way the fire service is progressing, how much does like physical conditioning play a role? Because we all know as you get older, your body changes, you know, you're not the young guy like you used to be. So how important is that for individuals who don't take physical fitness seriously? Um, it's, you got to take it seriously. I mean, I knew the old Toby Keith song, God rest his soul. I'm, I'm good as, I'm not good as I once was, but I'm good once as ever was, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, my time of going through two to three cylinders, not bottles, they're cylinders, um, is gone. You know, I mean, I can keep up. I'm not as fast as I was. Uh, I'm definitely, I don't think I'm as strong as I was, but um, I can still manage my strength, if that makes sense, um, to get the job done. 
but my recovery sucks. You know, I'm not as young. I mean, I, I'm not. I mean, and um, but you know, keeping yourself in shape, not only for the job itself, but just mentally. Right. You know, um, just exercising alleviates so much stress. You know, so just being able to get rid of that stress by physical exercise uh, is important. Um, but also the, the fact that the people that we serve expect us to be ready to drag their ass out of a fire if we have to and not be a liability. So where I'm at now, I don't think myself as a liability because I mean, other times I would have to go in, but not often, but you know, I know that I can do it. It's going to wear me out, but I will give my effort all. I'll give 110% to get somebody out that needs to be out. Um, but definitely physical fitness is, is you got to stay in shape. Um, especially because not only staying in shape helps you mentally, but also with everything else in life. I mean, you, my job right now is to teach these young guys to be old guys, be old grumpy bastards like myself. If you don't take care of yourself physically, when you get to be my age, you're going to, it's going to be worse than it is for me. So. Okay. All right. And I'm sure, you know, with grandkids, you know, like I also look at it as it's, it's, yes, it's important for our job, but it's also important for when the job's done, which, which you will have approaching shortly, you know, when you have retired and hung it all up to have a comfortable life with your wife. For the second time. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and, and things of that nature. So, okay. Okay. All right. Yep. Um, uh, That's, I go by, I, everybody calls me pop. So I'm not worried about mage. I had a captain up North. He would bitch. I'm going to HR. He called me old guy. Listen, I have buried so many people younger than me due to cancer and heart-related issues that I'm proud to be where I'm at. And I hope it, all you young bastards get to be my age and older. And that's, you know, I, I don't I don't take it personal. That's what I said. My, my jacket says pops on it, so I'm good with that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, sh- a question for you. Should there be a years of service clause for promotion, in your opinion? Well, we just we kind of covered that with the in-doc stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for a brand new person who has no experience, absolutely. Um, I think um, you you have to be – it's a double-edged sword because you could be at a busy house, you could be at a slow house. But if you're a slow house and you're taking classes and trying to get educated, I still think you still have some time to get your roots set as a fireman, maybe a driver, um, before you promote to that next step. You know, uh, you need to be a good, you need to be a decent fireman to be a decent driver, to be a decent officer. You can be an average fireman to be an average driver, an average officer. As long as you meet the minimum standards, that's, that's, you know, neither here nor there, but everybody should strive to do better. But what society is doing is acceptable standards. But, you know, again, with the NDOT program, you got people who already have that experience. So why are you trying to shape them to be an officer when they've already been or driver? Uh, when they've already been in that position, if that makes sense. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, next topic for you: leadership as company officer and chief officers, which you've held both. With the way departments are going, the the struggling of getting manpower, the uh, uh, the 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 debate on do you. Do you take the guy that's got only the education and the paperwork or do you take the guy or gal that's got the experience and the work ethic? What does leadership mean to you? Well, leadership, again, is always been um, responsibility that you should strive. If you want to be a leader, you need to be responsible with your actions and the actions of everybody else and set the example. You know, I still clean toilets. I clean toilets as a captain because I had four people on the rig. My medic crew was normally always out. We had two storage station to clean. So I'm not going to sit back on my butt and watch my guys and girls clean the firehouse. I help. You know, it's all about, yes, you're above, you're above, you're in charge, but you still got to be here. And I don't care. I, I, I tell people all the time, I don't care how many years you got on the job. 
you may have a skill set that I don't even have coming to this job as a 20 year old or 21 year old, maybe it's something, you know, started technical school or whatever that can help me with an incident. So the old adage, the teacher becomes a student is, is very real in my book. Um, people who got the right attitude um, and you, and you know who they are that want to promote um <sighs> we as leaders have to help do that. We have to help shape them. We have to help push them, have to help guide them in their, their quest to, to be leaders because we're not going to be leaders all the time. We're going to step down eventually and we would need, you need good quality people. So people who have like, again, with years of experience, you can have like, again, aggressive fireman who runs, 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 runs. But when he gets on a fire ground, he's not, safe if that makes sense i mean mean, he's going to be experienced but you know um you know the aggressiveness as 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 people talk about but then you can have a a fireman who's been in a a slower company who you know sees some incidents and different things and um his wisdom is is through education if that makes sense so it's it's really a combination of both in my opinion i mean Education should not trump years of service and years of service should not just trump education, you know, because even though we're not seeing it on the fire ground, if we're at a conference or we're at a, we're learning about it, we're doing the fit technique physically, even if it's a controlled environment, we're still learning techniques to put us, put that little uh, pocket card in the back of our head to pull out when we need it on a, on a real incident. So okay. I guess that's hopefully that's some answer which answered your question. No, it's 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 all, in a roundabout it, way. No, the answers the answers are all your opinion, but I I I like the message behind it. So the, there's no like wrong or right answer. So, um, <clears throat> communication amongst the rank and file. Uh, you, you kind of hit on it earlier where and and you don't need to go into too much detail, but you said back in Baltimore County you had a fire chief that really didn't do a great job and. With that, uh, with his actions, you had uh, stations shut down and things of that nature. How important is communication? Because I, I will say before you answer, um, everybody that I have interviewed from Lexington County says nothing but great things about your fire chief. And Chief Davis has been through a lot. And not a lot of people know he was actually there in Charles uh, in Charleston for the Sofa Superstore. And mm-hmm. now that now he's a fire chief there, everyone says the transparency, the way he he he. <clears throat> Uh, uh, engages with with the with the staff is just it's amazing. Yes, yes. I, I mean, you're right. He has been through a lot. Um. Uh. But yeah, the the I do believe the communication is is a lot better down here now. That being said, we only had 300 people versus a thousand people. Um. But I think that the communication, he has done a tremendous job with um, sharing his views uh, with the future of what the department, where it's going. Um, We do usually an in-service. I think we're going back to in-services like once every four months where everybody comes in. um, Instead of just doing a yearly review, they do a survey every year, which we never did up north, just to see how people were we're feeling i mean and that takes that takes uh that's real leadership right there in my opinion absolutely because um you may think you're doing everything right and uh you know but you're not you you think you're here but the the, the troops think you're down here and uh you know and you're not going to agree on everything i mean that's just the nature of beast i mean love him or hate him the fire chief is is a political figure chief davis is trying to not be as political as he needs to be all the time because he wants to be, he's a fireman's fireman. So that being said, you know, at certain times there's stuff that he can't say or do that people get mad about, but, you know, having been in those positions, it's like, he can't say everything. He can't, he can't tell us 100% of things he he wants to, Mm -hmm. but but keeping the, the goals and objectives of the fire service, in Lexington County in plain sight for everybody to see and kind of work towards together as a unified body, then, uh, 
that that's that's what he's doing. That's that's what fire departments need to do. I I agree. I agree. And 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 it's usually chiefs like that have that have the most respect, but also the fact that their department is usually very successful in certain in certain areas where whether it's recruitment or retention, guys and gals that actually care about the job, like it it, it just goes hand in hand. When you have the the communication when the line sees that their boss is is all about is for them. It just excels everything else. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Especially in this day and age, with trying to keep people, you know, yeah. and and even Chief Davis has, has mentioned he goes as as great as job as he's done. He says, you know, there's a, comes a time in the fire chief's life that it's time to go, and it's because either the politicians hate him or the crews hate him. So far, he's 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 balanced that, you know. He, he neither one of them neither one of them hate him, but you know. But it comes like I said with decisions with politics, and then you know with the crews, it, it comes with the fire chief's lifespan, so to speak. It's time to move on. Let somebody else step up, as as he, he would say. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Um, I know this was this was a topic you wanted to hit on. So, mental health. It's 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 very. It's very hot topic, very big topic, important topic. And I like how you stated it in the beginning, because when I was growing up in the fire service, that mantra was stated, uh, toughen up. Um, it, it is what it is, like get over it. But now, and you can you can definitely attest to back in the day and now, uh, your, your take on that. Well, you're right. I mean... What people don't realize is that the things we do every day, compounds of stress. Um, I had a lieutenant, God rest his soul, because he has since passed. Um, we had a call, which ironically turned out to be another guy in the department's brother-in-law. Uh, but it was a com accumulation of uh, things going on. I was getting back ready to get married. Um, my father-in-law wasn't the best at that point in time of course um and, and my dad i lost my dad in the service when i was a baby so i don't even remember him so i didn't have dad and then we had this call where this guy fell and basically was was gone but back in the day we worked everybody you know his his he was dead his body just didn't know about it at that point he was still the body was still fighting so we worked him and worked and flew him out <clears throat> i had to look i was in the middle of our hub and i was like oh my god there's like 300 people watching us this guy this, this guy will make it so Got emotional, got to the engine, kind of cried a little bit, and uh, he, he looked at me. And says, "If you can't handle this job, you need to go look. You need to go do something else." I'm like, "Okay," you know. But that was the mentality back in the day. You know, I, I told you that when I came down here in 2018, I, I retired um, and got in, in doc. I had to resign because I got um, sick, and um, you know that was basically the catalyst for me. Um, you know, uh, my history with the fire service, you know, I was big with our peer team. Ironically, in um, February of 2018, we had one of our guys take his life. Uh, he was doing some illegal stuff. And unfortunately, they were raiding his house and he chose to let his demons win. Um, and then literally uh, two weeks before I retired from the station, um, one of the paramedics at my station took his life. Not on my shift, but, you know, mm -hmm. another shift. Um, and then we lost a volunteer to an overdose that we don't know if it was accidental or intentional. So, um, and then I retired, which I didn't want to retire. <clears throat> and my, my lieutenant, uh, Missy, she would always tell me, she says, Cap, it's killing you to stay and it's killing you to leave at that point because, you know, the politics were really eating at me. Um, so, uh, so I retired, sold my house, moved 500 miles away. Uh, before I moved, I had a, another brother of mine call me and say, hey, I, I want to take my life. Um, I wound up dealing with that, getting him help. He's doing great to this day. And uh, and then my best friend died the day we sold, we settled on our house. So 30 years of accumulation of stress and then six months of hell, mm -hmm. um, I found myself at the center of excellence. So <clears throat> my goal to teach these guys today is to take care of yourself whether it's exercise, whether it's just taking a break from the fire service, quit working the 48 24 schedule, you know, take a break. You know, I think we need more time off down here because they don't give us much time off. Right. Um, 
to and the twenty four forty eight schedule sucks. I hate twenty four mm. hours. <laughs> I love I love my old schedule of two days, two nights, four off. That was great, but you need four shifts for that. And you've got to willing willing to be travel four days in a row to work, you know. Um, but uh, but anyway, you know, take care of yourself because you know, I went when I went there, I felt bad because there's guys who got injured on the job, there's guys still still on the job, and like, you know, here I was, I crossed the finish line. I retired. I'm having issues. And uh, one of the guys I met there, um, may he rest in peace, Matt Mog, called him Mog. Um, he said, It's your it's your story, dude. Just because you, you don't have to feel any different because you retired versus me. I said, You you have every right to feel the way you do. And I think this things that we see, you know, does eventually catch up to us. <clears throat> Especially if you do this job long enough. And um, you know, we're not we're not born or programmed to see some of the crap that we do see mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's horrible absolutely horrible you see you see human beings in their worst and you see them in their best but the worst times um you know it's just uh it eats at you after a while you know if you take it to heart if you keep you know you lose a child you, you lose a child on a call you lose you know you're trying to cut somebody out from a wreck and they die just before you do it you know or a fire or, you know, losing brothers and sisters from the job, you know, you've got to have that outlet to um, decompress. Um, Counseling is not a bad thing. You know, um, talking to people. It's the one good thing about us between us and the police and or dispatchers is, you know, we come back from a call, we're decompressing around the kitchen table. We talk about it. We kind of kind of let some shit off our chest. Police don't. They're usually by themselves in the car talking to their steering wheel, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, dispatchers, they get a bad call, boom, they got to go right back in the queue and pick up another damn call. It could be just as bad or worse than the one they just dealt with. So, I mean, um, I'm glad to see a positive thing. I, I, I think mental health uh, in some states is now a retirable condition, if that makes sense. Right. Um one of the buddies of mine, I'm actually going to visit him. He, uh, he got the first one in his state for PTSD retirement. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we just need to talk. We need to take care of ourselves. I mean, again, we're a culture of drinking. So, you know, I, we've always been that way. Um, drinking's okay if you do it in moderation, but when it, once it takes control, it's, it's just, it's, it's a path you don't want to go. Um, you know, we need to have mental health programs. I mean, most departments have EAP programs. Um, so it's a good thing. Um, my old department, one good thing about my old department is if you got up for a drug test, that was your chance to say, I got a problem. If you said you had a problem, you weren't terminated unless it was illegal drugs uh, or your blood alcohol was above the legal limit. But right. if it was, you know, um, you were put on a program and uh, given a second chance. Um, it's what happened to the guy I talked about earlier. He, had a, he was on a second chance. So, you know, but down here, if you get picked for a drug test, it's too late to say, I got a problem. Right. I know you're done. You know, and, and I don't think politicians realize or gov- county governments realize that, you know, there are times we don't think we have a problem. We, that's our coping mechanism. And we mm-hmm. don't think about it until, oh shit, I actually got to tell them I'm going to get caught, you know? You know, we play that Russian roulette sometimes. I mean, I, I mean, I dealt with guys and, or, and girls and, and who had cocaine problems. How in the hell did you get not get busted? And, and he told me this story, and it was a wake up call. And he was, you know, got that's where he was there, and was able to retire later on. And I'm like, holy shit, dude! You know, and I mean, I I can attest to, I wasn't, I don't call myself an alcoholic, but I was drinking on a regular basis, if that makes sense. But I would drink like once, one drink a night. I mean, I wouldn't drink a whole bottle of whiskey. Right. But I'd, I'd right. come home from day work and I'd sit down. But, my, you know, with the anxiety, I mean, before my shift, I was like, oh, what the fuck am I going to get into tomorrow? And then that just got stronger as closer I got to retirement. But once I got to work and everything kind of smoothed out, but I was like, what am I going to deal with with the politics and with the battalion chiefs and the district chiefs and all that shit today? So... I mean, I am a definite advocate for um, mental health. <clears throat> I mean, I, I was, uh, I even saw my counselor for like almost four years. So I finally have 
DC from that, but you know, because of the tools that I learned, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's just um, I've taken that and I've, I've kept in touch with a lot of the people who I, I went through treatment with, and uh, like I said, I'm going to visit one, I visit another one a couple times, um, uh, you know, and I tell them people, you so there are people in your life that you've ridden with for thirty years, and you would go to hell and back for them. You know, and these people on my inner inner circle who were there, we both were walking the walk, if you want to, um, both were in our deepest trouble at times. We walked together, even if it was just for a week or, or three weeks of that that walk. Um, they're my people, too. And I'll go to hell and back for them as well. And, you know, um, we're doing a good job. We still need to do a better job. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I, I have to agree with you because. I feel like in this day and age, it's so easy for people to hear hear a situation about someone and they're like, oh, this person is doing that. And they're quick to judge. And it's like, well, throw the <clears throat> book at them. But yeah. it's 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 and I'm not I'm not saying well, what they did was right. But like you said, it, it's their coping mechanism. It's what they thought was right at the time, even though it wasn't. But we're not at that individual's like we don't know what they're thinking at that time but nowadays it's everyone's so quick to judge it's oh, it's, it's ridiculous you know it really is oh absolutely and as a leader and I, I would tell people i said it's not just especially when i went to talk to the shift of the, the one firefighter i i told told everybody i said it's not your captain's job or your lieutenant's job to make sure your everybody's okay i said it's everybody in this goddamn room to make sure that everybody's okay because when you get at the top who you talk to very few nope. people right so, so as uh, as the blue shirts they have got to watch their officers and make sure they're okay you know it's a it's a it's a group effort to make sure because again like you said we don't know and when it comes to being uh quick to judge and, and humiliate i hate fucking social media for that i mean yeah, there was i agree um there was a, a website and I'm not going to name it, uh, but I, I followed it and I'm looking at all these comments. I was like, my God, why are we bashing the shit out of each other? You know, we, we, we need to be picking people up instead of breaking them down. And I, I go back to a, uh, there was a, <laughs> there was a video of a, two guys on an auto fire and it happened to be that it was a guy's first auto fire and a guy's experience. And he let him work it to get the experience. And everybody said, oh, my God, they're taking too long. A freaking auto fire is a goddamn trash fire on wheels. There's no need to hurry unless somebody's in there. If nobody's in there, it's a trash fire. End of discussion. The guy was trying to teach this guy. Because, you know, we had a call where I had a, and I, I'll go off on this tangent, but we had a call where we had to cut this woman out and it was the second one in a week where it was fatal. I, I was like, holy shit. I hadn't used that many tools to cut a lot of people out in a long time. And I was using everything on the truck for two incidents. Mm-hmm. And the one fireman who was brand new come up to me because I was kind of leading it because um, the captain said, you go ahead and take them guys. And I said, all right, guys. He got things. Man, it's so much different when people are in there. I said, no shit. That's, that's, that's why we did it. I mean, it was no hurry. She was already passed, but we still had to do our job. And it's the same thing with this guy trying to teach him. It's it's an auto fire. You don't get to to do that. I mean, you can do it in training, but it's different. There's other mm-hmm. other issues on a real auto fire. Right. So he was training him. He was making a young fireman an old fireman, and people crucified him for it. And it's like I I I just I, I, I unfollowed that Facebook page. And I mean, I don't know if you remember <laughs> back in the day before Facebook, it was called the Watch Desk. You ever heard of uh, that? No, I have not. Oh my God! It was a chat form online that um, firefighters get on there, and was a lot of like union stuff, and and it was I was on it. My, one of my instances was on there, and I I got pissed off, and I I got sucked into that damn vortex and responded because I was so damn mad because they they take one picture and it's the whole story. Right. Right. Like, and, and again, just like we talked about with mental health, they, they see one thing you, you you make a mistake, but you're 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 a devil for doing that, you know. But what caused you to make that mistake? So, but yeah, we we have got to, and and that goes with mental health. I mean, if we keep 
bashing people and bullying people because there have been firefighters who have killed themselves because mm-hmm. of being bullied. Mm-hmm. And that's bullshit. You know, we have got to take better care of our people, you know, uh, and, and this, these keyboard warriors, you know, you got to stop. You just got to stop. Uh, I, I, like I said, agreed. Firemen, we can be the greatest thing, but we can also be our own worst enemy. And oh, I, yeah. I, I see it. You know, you every department has got what I call cliques, group of people. It's kind of like high school, like the cool kids. And if you're not part of that group, you're looked as the outsider. And it's it's kind of crazy when all we're trying to do is better ourselves. And instead of helping each other, we're going on social media where we're, we're commenting things that we don't know because we're seeing a quick couple seconds of a clip or looking at a picture when there's plenty of other things around it. So I, I totally understand um, your, your, your sentiments on that. But it happens in the firehouse too. And I mean, oh, especially yes. if you got multiple, not so much down here because you only got two to three people in the ship, but when like some of the stations I worked at, we had 12 people on the ship, you know, and I remember one time I, I went to my captain uh, that I, when I was a lieutenant. I said, "Listen, these guys are this guy's ready to go to HR because this this punk ass who's not a good employee is is bashing them." And I said, "I know he's not a good fireman. He's never going to be a good fireman. But while he's here, he's your responsibility. And he's my responsibility to try to get him to be a better fireman. But you can't be bashing. You either got to be helping him or or just leave him alone. You know. But as officers, we got to help push him forward." You know, unfortunately, that he was one of those individuals who's never going to be that. And there are individuals who are never going to be good firemen. But if they're not and you don't try to make them at least be average, then you are part of the problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that's the perfect way to end this. The way with, <laughs> with, with that statement that you just said right there. I mean, hopefully people can can actually process the information and digest it. I mean, no one's perfect. I'm not. I mean, I used to. Uh, you know, hear something and kind of like spread it as well. But as you get older, it's like, yo, this is not the right way to do it. We need to build each other up, like I said, teach each other things because we're not going to be in it. I'm not going to be in this job forever. You're 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 getting ready to finally be done with it for the second time, and you're done and out. And same for me. We have to pass this information along so we're not the ones sitting back looking at our former department going, wow, like, yeah, they failed tremendously, but what did I do to help that situation? Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I just, I just want to say thank you for coming on. I know it's been a long <laughs> night for you. I want you to go get some rest. <laughs> and, uh, no, like I said, I, I just appreciate you coming on and, and, and talking, talking the good word for others to hear. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.